time to rejoin the conversation. back and okay here we go party politics uh so first question i've got for everybody at the table first question i've got for everybody at the table is uh have you ever played three card mining yes uh i've seen it <laughs> you've seen it played i mean i've seen it played i've but, never played it okay so for the uh, for the couple people at the table who have actually played did you get taken Always. <laughs> <laughs> Never won, ever. Yeah, I'm about to say. I won one time, uh, and uh, yeah, I've taken every other time. Taken every other time. That's by pure luck. Oh, pure, pure luck. I mean, I was, I was, I was watching with supernatural eyeballs, cause, uh, cause, yeah, they, they, they purposefully make it confusing so that you. You you're going to mess up. Well, and uh, I was the idiot who kept betting higher and higher to get my money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were that guy. Uh, more and more. Yeah. Damn. Which 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 actually ties right in to why three card money uh, conversation for this one. Um, so um, earlier in uh, in our podcasting, uh, when Trump was uh, still running. Um, I remember saying that he reminded me of a three-card money dealer, and uh, anybody who has ever played or even seen uh, seen somebody play uh, Find the Lady uh, out in the world, you know it is near impossible to actually guess where that little ball is, um, because the money dealers are trained to get your money, and uh, and. Last week, we uh, actually got to talking about Trump, and I brought that idea up again that he reminded me of Three Cop Money Dealer, and we got to talking about the possibilities of what the three cards even are right now that uh, Trump is uh, playing to get the results that he wants. Um, one card uh, is the DACA card. Um, do you remember uh, what what one of the other cards was like? Was you have uh, immigration, you have tax reform, and you have Obamacare. I'm sorry, the Affordable Health Care Act. So between those three, the most likely thing to get done is tax reform. Tax reform. Right. Um, so if you can play the shell game with uh, the Dems and with uh, the Republicans who are uh, not at all uh, happy with him right now, uh, he may actually be able to get something done on one of those things. Um, because giving small concessions here and small concessions there, you may wind up being able to hide the lady long enough to get what you want out of the system, so that was kind of, that was kind of the conversation we were having um, last week, and uh, it, so I was hearing again that this week um, Trump has been 
not necessarily playing completely nice, but playing a lot nicer with the Dems than uh, than uh, his Republican counterparts would probably like. And uh, I was wondering what the panel was thinking about this whole idea of these three cards being played in the in the way that they're being played, or if you even think that they're being played at all, and Big Dave already has his hand. I want to go back to uh, Reagan and Tip O'Neill. Okay. I think that's a perfect example, because Reagan and Tip O'Neill, being, being an East Coast guy, I understood how Tip worked. He wasn't afraid to play the deal. No. With the Democrats in order to get the Republicans in line with him. And this is kind of the same playbook. Whereas, all right, you guys ain't doing jack shit for me out here. I'm going to turn around and force your hand. It's just three-card money. Exactly. I'm going to force your hand. You need to turn around and get serious about this. you got to turn around and start working towards something. Because right now, my approval rating is a hell of a lot higher than your approval rating. Because you haven't done jack shit, you aren't doing nothing. You were you were hot. You were elected to do things. You said you were going to do these things, and you haven't done anything yet. So I think he's made a very good play. I think we've seen Trump in the last month, in particular, start to become a lot more presidential and political in how he's handling things. Along with North Korea, I think they've done it. Tillerson, in particular, has done a great job at holding that hand, trying to get the UN in play. They're, they're working the system the way the politics need to be worked in it now. And it's going to be very interesting to see what the result is. Um, that we need serious reform, and especially like in DACA and some of the immigration issues right now. They're going to have to tackle this issue. And he did very right in turning around and tossing it back to the Congress because it has to be legislated. It has to be made law. It can't be an executive order. Right. And, and even Obama said 20, 22 times that, look, this is really not legal. I'm going to do this, but it's... Yeah, this but, is, but this, he was this, expecting this is not, that they would pick this This, this is not the same thing that's rolling down. And sooner or later, it had to go back. And it had to get done. You can't keep kicking the can down the road. He did the same thing with the debt ceiling. Now they kicked it down the road another three months. All right. But come on, you guys got to start really getting after this and start doing something. You can't just keep ignoring the fact the public is is watching you, and he is is really calling out to the public, the general public, saying, "Hey, this you guys you guys need to start pressuring your senators and your Congress people and getting something done here." And I don't think you guys can bang on Trump about that. I think he's made a real good move on that part. I think Trump's a classic example of uh, don't listen to a man's words, watch his actions. Mm. Right? Think about where this dude came from. Bankrupted a fucking casino. Right? How do you do that? Yeah. Right? But to go from bankrupting a casino to being a billionaire, right? you're not a dumbass. You're not a dummy. You don't get that lucky. And I think this is absolutely genius because he saw... He saw a wedge in the Republican Party and a really, really simple issue that he could uh, he could pound on to get these people to fall in line and vote against their own interests, which was the wall, which we all know is never going to happen. 
but the thing is now the whole DACA bit is just a gambit, right? To to get the Democrats to play, and at the same time, they, it's something. It's an easy concession for 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 Trump because, uh, you know, okay, great. I mean, this was going to happen anyway. You won something, right? Right, 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 right. And 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 really, what Trump wants is he wants tax reform, primarily because that will directly benefit his own holdings, right? <laughs> Primary, <laughs> and 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 two, uh, he wants to take. He eventually wants to dismantle the Affordable Health Care Act because we really have a choice, right? We either pay for health care. We it's one of those you know in business people say you can have something good, cheap, or fast, and you got to pick two. Well, in, in our if you look at our economy, we can afford uh, defense spending. We can afford Social Security. Uh, we can afford health care. Pick two, right? We can't have all three here, right? And so, and so he. I know I'm, I'm I'm rambling here, but I think what he's using DACA as a as a play to one get his base all fired up. Like, oh man, our our man is with us, right? Right, right. Uh, but I guarantee you, if you ask, if you ask, ask a typical voter, a tax break or the wall, right? What are you going to take? And be like, oh, give me the money, right? Right. Yeah. So, so he, he he's setting this up perfectly to where the Dems and the Republicans are, are going to give him some form of, of tax reform. And just to hedge his bet, we talked about the last podcast, but he, you know, the he, Republicans come in two varieties. You have the Wall Street Republicans, right, the money people, right. and then you have the Walmart Republicans, right, the right. Southern Baptist, Midwesterner, right. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Or, or Southerner, right? Yeah. And, and so he... So he, he just to keep the Wall Street Republicans in line, you know, he told he he's put the 1031 tax exemption, the 401k uh, tax deduction, the mortgage interest tax deductions, all in play. Meaning, you know, hey, we could take these away right. to pay for the tax cut, right? And so he's doing that to get the Republicans in line, and ultimately. Anything affecting real estate, don't worry about it. You know, that's never going to happen under President Trump, right? But what... what, 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 yeah, what too what, many real estate holdings for that to actually happen. But he's playing this like a friggin' fiddle. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's like watching LBJ incarnate or reincarnate uh, play both sides of the house to get the Vietnam War. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this and, is the, a, and the Great Society. This, uh, is a, this is a fairly... You know... Whether you... Whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, I have to at least give him the fact that for the first time in the in in this first year of his presidency, I've I can't go so far as to say I've seen him be be presidential, right? But I can say that this particular move uh, is masterful in getting something done. It's like it's a storyline out of. House of Cards. I mean, with yeah, Kevin, it's yeah, like yeah. some, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey's character. Too. <laughs> it, it really, it, it, it actually kind of feels that way. It yeah. feels like, oh, okay. But he, you won't play. You won't play this, this game. Yeah. What game will you play? Just <laughs> and here's some more food for thought, right? Trump's a real estate guy, right? And and anybody who's remotely connected to commercial real estate knows that we we don't see growth without population growth, whether it's organic or, or immigration, right? right? And so for, for Trump to come out with such a hard line, such a hard anti-immigration line, right. I mean, let, let's, let's call a spade a spade. The whole wall talk, that's very isolationist. Yes. But to, and he knows, he knows as a, as a real estate guy, 
right? If, if this actually went through, like his portfolio is gonna look like freaking uh, Greg Luganis going off the island. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to hit his head. Yeah. He's going right? to hit his head on the way and, down. And so to see him do that, you know, what I'm trying to get at is Republican or Democrat, you know, illegal immigrant or, or a citizen, you, I'm sorry, undocumented worker. You no. have to know, like that. This whole immigration talk is just that. It's talk, so that the Walmart Republicans will continue to support Trump, so that he can force the Wall Street Republicans to do his bidding. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Go ahead, can I interject? Yeah, please. So, Lane, let me ask you this: Is are these are these Trump's true thoughts, yeah, or there. are they? I, 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 is he sitting down in a, in a, is he in a war room with the council of, is he having a fucking cigar? Yeah, no, you can swear on this time. And, <laughs> and saying, guys, what do I do here? I don't or think is so. it him? No, and if, you, and if you look, I mean, I'm, I'm not in his inner circle. Right. But if you look back at his business decisions and how he ran his company, mm -hmm. right, he is the man making all of the decisions. Mm -hmm. There is no initiative in his organization except Trump's initiative, right? So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, is that, uh, you know, and the other thing too, I mean, I, again, I don't have any inside knowledge here other than, you know, just something that you're taught at, at, at law school, you know, follow the money. Like, mm -hmm. if you want to understand a man's motivations, look where his investments are. Right. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it would, I don't. I don't care if uh, if you're. Or look where his bread's coming. From. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I don't care if you're investigating uh, a crime, or if you're just trying to figure out what really motivates somebody. The first rule is follow the money, and uh, if you follow Trump's money. This particular shell game sounds tailor-made for him, um, and uh, it, I, I've never, uh, never thought he was in particularly uh, a a smart a smart guy. But he's savvy. This is this this is the savviest thing I've seen. He's him savvy. Do. Don't ever discount him for not being savvy. Yeah. Well, I you mean, don't have to necessarily be smart, but savvy goes well, a long way. Yeah. I mean, like you say, you go from from a bankrupted casino to a billionaire, you're you're savvy. You may not be smart, but you, you look, are savvy. You look, you look I, at least like, I think. Yeah. Would you call Nancy Pelosi smart, or would you call her savvy? Um, I think I think most politicians who've been able to hold their seats as long as, as some of them have are incredibly savvy. Um, uh, some of them are smart, but I, I think a lot of them are incredibly savvy. Can I make a prediction? Wait, uh, hold on one second. I think, <laughs> I think, I think we've got oh, something sorry. from the O'Connor factor. And over there. The O'Connor factor. Oh, yeah. I was doing a little bit of reading. Maybe I'm off on this, but Too Light, our new high-rise yeah. condo, I read that Cordish, the developers behind Powerline or whatever, right. They've joined forces with Kushner Enterprises. Right. So I was thinking, like, okay, that's Donald Trump's son-in-law, correct? Right. right. Mm -hmm. So does Donald Trump have direct ties with Two Light? Is he no. investing at all? No, 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 that's Kushner. No, that's, yeah, that's Kushner's family. family. So that's <laughs> all. That's Kushner's family. Don't get me wrong; they're colluding on everything, but that. That's what I'm speaking. Like, okay, so my father. But you can't talk. But you can't talk. You can't legally make the connection. As right. the president, you, yeah. in theory, all of his 
assets went into a blind trust that's being managed by Jared Kushner. I'm like, okay, hold on here. So my son-in-law is building a $24 million high rise. I'm not involved in that at all. I'm not. Well, you know, okay, you know what? Actually, well, they had real estate. I mean, he, they, his family was involved in real estate before. Trump. Yeah, yeah, they are. They were. Yeah, they, they were a real estate investment uh, family as well. They but here's the funny thing: is uh, I don't think uh, three card money dealers uh, are, are silos. I think they run in packs. Right. I think you know because um, if you actually look at uh, two like it's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. uh, one light for that matter as well. Uh, Heard of two more coming along. The sign of the bubble. Uh, so, but here, but here's the here's the interesting the thing. Which gets you to uh, what uh, Chris was saying about you know when you walk up to a three car mining dealer and then you keep doubling down your money so that you can try to get your money back. Um, the Cordish Group is another incredible three car money, uh, three really? car money group because they haven't made a dime on Power Light. No shit. The city still uh, subsidizes. The like, city hasn't made money. Cordish has made a killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cordish has made a killing, but the city has been subsidizing it for the two up to twelve million a year well, since it opened. Because we did, yeah, we did cover yeah, the bonds. Mayor Kay said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mayor before our current mayor. Now, set that deal. now they built something that is revitalized downtown, but uh, at the well, same time, they've had, no, they've had to make a big price for it. Those four blocks, everything well, around it closed. The lofts and everything going on down here is is, is yeah. all part of that. What's going down the river market all came from that. It's a, it's all part of the you know Mid American Regional Council. Their density. Getting people to travel on on the streetcar and different things like yeah. that. So, yeah, that's true. You know, but, it, but they that, still have made it. Now. It's, all, it's all part of that master plan. That's yeah. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Uh, yeah. What were you gonna say, Chris? I, I think this is one of his worst moves, and for this reason, I I like the idea of being bipartisan. I, I think we've talked about it many times. I disagree with your analogy about Reagan in the sense that. The Republicans didn't have the House or Congress at that point, so you had to make compromises. Well, Bob Dole was the counterpart to Tip O'Neill. I would agree, but he didn't never had a majority. So, no, he didn't. Uh, so, I am blown away that Republicans are having to make these kinds of compromises. I find it just bizarre, and it highlights the the point now where you have both a fractured Republican Party and a fractured Democratic Party, each one with separate interests. So when you say let's all work together and get something done, we'll get something done for who? You know, right. for the Tea Party people that half the Republicans are, or for the moderate Republicans from, you know, Johnson County that don't really give a shit about some other things. You know, it's just, it's a mess. And I think he took somewhere between 800,000 and 1.2 million different lives, <laughs> used them as a bargaining chip, and is, is going to fuck them over at the end. And nothing's going to come out. This day, Congress, you can't get anything done. And it's going to be terrible. The, I, the, my only hope is that at the end of the day, and what I what I predict, because I'd love to hear your prediction yeah. later, I think they're just going to pass a, a DACA bill, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And tax reform is not the easiest thing to do. That's probably the hardest one to do. Well, yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think it's probably the hardest thing to do. But I think that's the thing he wants done. Most. I think it's the thing he wants done the most too. Yeah. But I think it's the hardest one to actually really get done. Well, here's why. Hang on a second. And the other thing is, if you want to see one that has the most chance of happening, is the Lindsey Graham uh, healthcare bill that he proposed. They only have two yeah, that's awesome. it done, mm -hmm. but it's gaining a lot of traction. And what it basically does 
It's essentially Obamacare, honestly, but what you're doing is just giving block grants to the states and saying, states, you deal with it on your own. Make it state rights. That's about it. We're going to get rid of the employer mandate. We'll get rid of the individual mandate. And states, you guys have, this is your problem. Yeah, I, so I guess that, that was my question. If he passes, if we get the DACA agreement and, and all this kind of gets kind of pushed to the side, and the tax reform bill comes comes to the forefront, then exactly what do they actually get? I mean, I, I understand from a money standpoint, but does it, for the next three years, does it gain, get enough, enough traction with Republicans to actually give some weight to all the other bullshit that's already happened for the past seven, eight months? I mean, do you, can you actually erase all that? I mean... Yeah, I don't know what he's gaining. I mean, he, he literally just pissed off probably his core group of supporters. Like, yeah. you know what, all this stuff, he said, oh, Doc, I don't want to campaign, and that part was wrong. I, I think your largest group, though, is the, uh, he, he called them the, the Walmart Republicans. So that, I, that's your yeah. largest group. That, that'll cause a lot of noise. Those are the people who are most pissed off. Those are the ones that are like, you said that we were going to do all this immigration reform. He said, Doc, right. was a bunch of bullshit. And I think he's going to try to turn around and say, is, no, 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 I think you misunderstood. It right. wasn't that I didn't want to protect these workers. It was that what I thought Obama did was illegal. I just want to do it the right way. Right way. So he has a little technicality. Right, 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 right. Hey, hey, I needed and, to get a tax reform through, so we're going to sell this down the river. And, and, right. and, 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 and the whole time his base is like, no, I thought you were kicking out all these illegal workers. Okay, okay. My and point. that sounds an awful lie. Like three car money to me. My point on tax reform is, how are you going to get by the lobbies on tax reform with, with the accountants and all the other people that have their strong lobbies? They, they make their money on a, a, an extreme tax code. They make the tax code so complicated that you have to have tax lawyers and accountants and everybody in, in my business. There's no way I can do my taxes. Yeah. I, I don't even begin to comprehend it hardly. And you know, I know the basics, the stuff I need to do. My accountant tells me, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. And that's all I know as a businessman. I, yeah. And without him, I don't stand a chance. Yeah. No, I think and, and, yeah. I, and I just don't, I think that's going to be very, very difficult because the special interest involved in tax reform mm -hmm. is, is the major issue. I, I think the only thing they can get done with tax reform is maybe lower their tax rates for businesses and different things like that. But uh, yeah, there, there, there may be I something. I don't see simplifying the actual tax code. I, no, no, I think there may be some, some smaller concessions that happen with it, but I don't, I don't see a massive reform happening. No. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's too many moving parts. By, by tax reform, that's a euphemism for reducing the corporate marginal rate it's down to 15%. Yeah. That's, that's but you'll, but you'll, you'll get 20% he doesn't wanna, he, We're not talking about throwing the code out the window. Yeah. What this is all about is reducing the corporate rate down to 15%. And doing it in such a way that that Walmart, Republican, America is like, oh right, let's do it, even though that benefits them. In fact, I do believe there's another side to it, though, yeah. which is repatriating foreign money. Sure, which yeah. you cannot bring back into the states right now because you would just get your ass handed to you if yep. you were a company. So I do think those two things are going to have to go hand in hand, uh, which would bring a ton of money uh, back into America, especially if you had one chance to do it. Yeah, you know, I, see right. I see an opportunity here. I see another so, like three card Irish play. Company. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I see another chess play here uh, that has 20, 30, maybe even 50 year implications for the politics of America. Now, what's the fastest 
growing demographic group in America? Uh, demographic I would, group? I would just be baby growers who are just aging out. Latinos. No, Latinos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're growing faster. Latinos, yeah. yeah. Right? Yep. I thought you meant Asian. Who sorry. feels unfairly targeted by all this immigration time? Yeah. Latinos. Right? Yeah. So they're a mixed bag. Right, but what I'm getting at is, is there there is a, a demagogue play here in that uh, if you set up a a, a a pitched battle on tax reform, right, and then and then if I was if I was Trump and 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 Karl Rove all in one body, I would I would set up I would purposely antagonize the Democrats over tax reform, right, and and then I would you and I would do the same on on uh, immigration. And then I would concede, literally cave everything. Uh, everything the Dems wanted on immigration, I would give them. Right. Right? In order to get tax reform. And then I would go on a, on a PRP, so I'm the president that not only opened up our, our, our borders to you people, I'm also the president that got tax reform done. And by doing that, it would be the same effect as, for example, when, when Lyndon Baines Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act. He said, I've lost the South for 50 years. Right. And what he was talking about was not losing the African-American vote. He was talking about losing the, the Walmart Republican vote, which was actually Democrat at that time. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. So, so, so there's, a, there's a play here where the Republicans could flip the most important voting block for the next 20, 30 years mm -hmm. into Republicans and get tax reform. Be like, fucking, who cares about health care? It's the state's problem. <laughs> I, I would agree that, the, yeah. in theory, on paper, that, that's a yeah. reasonable argument. Here's where I think it's, I, I would say that it's, it's a, not going to happen, which is, beyond that, I, I think half the Hispanic population in this country came here legally, right. and it's freaking hard as hell to get in this country, and they do not like not to the, go easy yeah. on illegal no. immigration. And so you run the risk of not winning uh, the illegal vote or whatever you want to call it that you just nationalize and give a pathway to citizenship and all that shit. They're not going to turn around and vote for you all of a sudden. They hate Republicans for the most part. And the people that you did want to keep are now pissed off at you because you just nationalized all these people and they have eight years to get in this country. I, I have one thing. I yeah. think that um, Rio here, the <laughs> the originator and creator of this, of this podcast, should reach out to the high schools. <laughs> okay. Their government and their, um, their their policy and political classes courses. I think they should listen to this podcast, man. and I think that they should debate over it. I think that they should um, have assignments uh, tied around it and listen because it's real life stuff, man. And yeah. this is what I did not get in high school. Well, you know, it's it's, it's funny before I um, bleeping out backwards. Before I. <laughs> I think that if I were to come into a class or at 45 minutes or whatever, and I say, hey, we're going to listen to a podcast today, your assignment next Monday or whatever is to let's talk about what you heard, what you think. Have some teacher that's open minded. And that's able to which is come the hard part. This, which is the hard part, um, which is to come with this unorthodox way of teaching and learning. Implement this podcast, man. Yeah, this is voice. Well, right. I think Adrian would have an interesting. Perspective. Well, it, well, you know, it was actually I was just about to say, you know, one of the reasons that um, you know I love um, our new additions. 
to the panel is, uh, you know, especially with like past division, you've got a more direct access to the to this particular audience. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the big reasons that you know I wanted to do a podcast like this and debate these types of issues is because these are things that were that you won't learn in school, period. I thought it was to uh, disregard females and acquire currency. Um, well, that's, that, that's a whole other podcast. But you know, and, and, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna let the anonymous females. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the anonymous females smack you, and then, uh, I, and then I'm gonna say that uh, um, I one of my biggest hopes is with uh, with this particular podcast and. There may be other podcasts to come down the line, uh, but with this particular podcast, is that people are learning some things that they they didn't know, or at least chewing on uh, civic issues that they just would not have thought to chew. They you you didn't chew on it because you didn't even know where to begin to start biting, you know. And uh, but but the group of uh, of, of gentlemen and, and ladies that come and do this show um, are smart enough in their perspective fields um, to at least uh, ask enlightening questions. And, and uh, so they're American issues. Well, and, very, and, very and that's so. what we are. We are American. Yeah. At the end, and, of, and, at and, the and end of the day, we, look, we we want our our country to be America. We love America. Every Unless one of us illegal. love America. With all <laughs> the we love America. We, we love that we are able to have discourse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is so important that in, in, in our politics today, the, the elimination of discourse is, is stunning. Yeah, you know, and without uh, without real uh, without real discourse, we're not going to be able to get. <laughs> to any of the places that we want to be Get back as a, to as square. A yeah. Back to square. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's definitely a, a good way to come to the table and agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, I don't think we get a lot of Yeah, I mean, at the end of the at the end we of every show, we agree with each other, and that's great. Yeah, I think that. Wait, hold on. I can't hear. I can't hear. I think that's that. What's missing in in learning, in general, is just the ability to have and share perspective. It's, yeah. hey. Without being is, shouted down because of your perspective. Correct. Which it's is like, what's happening and, and with, the, with the free speech issues and things like that. Most definitely, it's, it's this is what I'm teaching you. Here's the syllabus. Here's what, what the next three months of your life is gonna look like without perspective. Yeah, well, and, and I think that is kind of the problem with school. I, it's, at the end of the day, you know, you can, you can teach you know this fact, that fact, mm-hmm. the next fact. Yeah. But if you don't know why any of those things happened, did you even learn anything at all? Well, and, and I think we can go to Berkeley on this because Berkeley is is fighting mightily with this because they were supposed to be this bastion of free speech, and they have made the national news more than others. And but they students. are they are actually trying now to say, wait a minute. And, yeah. uh, and hopefully that more schools and universities in particular will say, wait a minute, that we have 
the ability to listen to different opinions. We have to have the ability to listen to different opinions. Even if you don't agree with them, let's listen to them. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the worst thing you can do is learn something, you know? So, uh, go ahead. I think that the problem with schools today is they've they've confused um, opinions with speech, right? You are entitled to free speech. You're entitled to have an opinion, but your opinion is not, is not, you have to validate your opinion. In other words, just your opinion is not, they're confusing opinions with facts. Exactly, right? exactly. And, well, and I think that's be kind of become the problem with, uh, that's a good way to say it. I think that's kind of become the problem with, uh, with, you know, kind of the American discourse, right. period. It's, at, at one point before there was a 24 hour news cycle, um, I think every, you know, every quote-unquote newsman was at least trying to relay the facts. Now, they may, those facts may be slanted slightly uh, left or right, depending on who's speaking, but they were trying to relay the facts. You know, now in the 24-hour news cycle, you, you, you will get at some point somebody that says a fact and then the other 23 hours are people with their opinions right. about the facts. And those opinions can be wildly divergent from what sure. the fact was. It's to like begin you look with. something up on the internet, and hell, you don't know half the time if it's true or not. Yeah, yeah and, and one thing I it's wish. The reason, Maybe all the time. <laughs> the reason why we, we have this problem, I believe, is, is because schools have stopped, gotten away from a classical education, you know, mathematics. Logic, yeah. right? Rhetoric, rhetoric, yeah. and, and the art of rhetoric. When we, you and I are both allowed to have an opinion, right? Exactly. And me attacking your opinion accomplishes nothing, right? So if you're if you're accomplished, if you know what you're doing here, you one question the validity of your facts, so that you can then question the validity of of, your, of, of how you got to your opinion, exactly. right? The conclusion. Exactly. It's kind of right? like science, right? right? Well, it's I mean so that's it, classic debate, right? right? Which uh, it's we called the Socrates method, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a, which it's which a way just proving somebody a dumbass without having to call them call a dumbass. them a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with with that, I think that's actually a perfect place to end this particular segment. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com a cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us, purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. And we are back, and uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about today's sugar, honey, iced tea. And for those uh, that don't know, these are things that I or a member of the group have found that are uh, really cool, AKA the shit. And today's sugar, honey, iced tea is birthdays. Mm -hmm. And particularly, uh, one of the members of our panel has a birthday coming up this week. Uh, I feel the heat coming from uh, from the side of me because uh, this particular person uh, does not necessarily like to be the center of attention, uh, given the reason that you don't know 
her name. But this week is this week is Let's unmask her. Yeah, this week. Let's not. Otherwise, I'm gonna let you deal with that. This week is the anonymous female's birthday. So let's give a rousing round of applause and happy birthday to. All right, so I'm gonna see if I can uh, bleep that out through the applause. And, and uh, you said it loud enough. I want I want to say uh, one uh, uh, a most uh, most heartfelt and appreciative uh, happy birthday to the novice female. We all love because her. she all loves us. Yeah, right. One one uh, I think everybody at the table loves the novice female. Probably uh, no more than me, and she has uh, been the right hand of the podcast since uh, we started doing this. Uh, and so, with that, I want us to all raise our glasses uh, as I give the toast that started it off for me, and that is to good times with good people.